We suggested that part of the reason that we were having such trouble achieving the triple and or quadruple aim was that we hadn't centered equity in the equation. Good day, and welcome to another HIMSCast podcast. I'm Bill Sawicki, Managing Editor of Healthcare IT News, a HIMS Media publication. Today, we'll be talking about a new concept that has blossomed from an old one. The old concept is the quadruple aim. The new concept, the quintuple aim. My guest is Dr. Kader Mate, President and CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Improvement and a member of the faculty at Wild Cornell Medical College. Earlier this year, Cater co-authored a JAMA viewpoint proposing the quintuple aim for healthcare improvement, which would add a fifth aim to advance health equity. Welcome, Cater. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'd love for this to be a deep dive into the quintuple aim, and I have a, a number of questions for you, so let's jump right in. Um, first of all, let's start at the beginning for those in the audience who may need a refresher. And just as a good place to start, what is the triple aim and what does it cover? Back in 2007, 2008, uh, the IHI, the institute that I uh, lead now, uh, noticed a challenge in healthcare. What we noticed was that we were often thinking of three concepts, quality, access, and cost as being at war with each other. They were known as the iron triangle and, uh, and benefits in one seemed to come at the expense of the others. If we increased access, that would come at quality compromise or that would drive costs. If we improve quality, that would reduce our access or, uh, or in fact, increase our costs. And the notion that we had at IHI was that to improve the health of populations, that to improve the health of whole cities, towns, states, or countries, and we needed to, in fact, consider three interlocking aims that actually reinforced one another. And this stems from the notion that when we actually improve quality, generally, we reduce costs. And what we, what we married together with this idea into the three-part aim was the idea of improving the health of whole populations, that was part of the quality component, improving the care experience of patients, and then uh, reducing the total cost of care. That was the triple aim that we that we originated back in, in 07, 08. Uh, it was published in Health Affairs. And immediately after that concept came out, there was a overwhelming positive response to this notion that we could pursue all three of these aims together. And that in fact, the idea of pursuing them together might just be the only way of actually getting to all three of these goals. And so we had communities, towns, cities, entire counties in some places, uh, become what we call triple aim communities that were working together to try to create the, the three-part aim. So what happened in healthcare that made the industry expand the triple aim to the quadruple aim and, and then you to propose the quintuple aim? Yeah, so what we noticed was that very early on, people were trying to add additional aims to the triple aim. This happens, I think, whenever you put forward a framework like this is that people say, well, what is it, in addition to these three things, what would be a, a key central driver of these? And very quickly, actually, both of these things, uh, workforce, uh, well-being, as well as equity, were the two most common additions to the AAA. And specifically around workforce well-being, which became the quadruple aim, 
the notion that we heard most often was that people really lacked um, the ability to achieve the triple aim um, was compromised by the lack of a workforce who could in fact do that. And so that was the reason that we added workforce well-being to the triple aim. Um, and then when we started working on health equity about five to seven years ago now, IHI really started working on applying uh, uh, our approaches to improvement to health equity questions. And what we noticed was that all four dimensions of the quadruple aim were compromised by health equity considerations. In fact, the, the largest challenges to population health often accumulated in populations that were under-resourced or underserved. Uh, the highest costs of care were often seen in populations that were under-resourced or underserved. The worst patient care experience and workforce as well. And so we suggested that part of the reason that we were having such trouble achieving the triple and or quadruple aim was that we hadn't centered equity in the equation of how to pursue these, these three or four port goals. And that's why we added uh, equity to the triple and now quadruple aim. Gotcha. So why don't we talk a little bit uh more in depth about the quintuple aim. Um, what is it and how does health equity really fit into the equation? Yeah, so as I just said a moment ago, I mean, I think it's, it, what we see it as a sort of a central driving concept behind the achievement of all of the interlocking years. We see health equity as being vital to achieving population level health. We see that all the time, whether it's in maternal and child health, whether it's in cancer care, whether it's in cardiovascular disease. To achieve better health for an entire patient population requires consideration not only of the health of a single population, but of diverse components of that population over time. So we see the equity component as being a sort of central driver to all of the other aims that are part of the quintuple aim. And that's why we've added equity to this consideration. Okay. Um, so what are some examples of how the first four elements of the quintuple aim can help foster health equity? So that's sort of asking the question the other way around. So one, one way we were thinking about it was how equity is a way of, um, in some ways, how equity um, drives or the or lack of consideration of equity might drive inability to access you know, better care or health for populations or better uh, care experience or otherwise, uh, you're now asking us how, how attention to the other dimensions, population health, uh, cost of care, or experience of care could in fact improve health equity performance. And I think it does work both ways in the way that you're describing. So if we're, if we're thinking about the care experience, uh, for example, and we're saying the, the IOM, the way the IOM defined care experience uh, was by describing it as uh, uh, safety of the care that you experience, uh, effectiveness of the care you experience, efficiency of the care you experience, timeliness or patient-centeredness of the care you experience. Now, if we think take any dimension of quality and any dimension of the care experience that I just referenced, and you look at those dimensions and you start to work on them, if we look at patient safety, you start working on patient safety, and you start improving the health of, or, or the safe care that we provide to our patients, uh, we should do so not only for the majority or dominant population, but for everyone in the population. And so as we work on care experience, we see an effect at improving um, equity. As we start to work on cost, um, we start to think about affordability of care, uh, for example. We start to think about access to care and affordability. 
And again, you can imagine how those dimensions of the uh, of healthcare might have an effect on health equity. If we can reduce the cost, increase the affordability, improve access to care, naturally those things are going to have important consequences for health equity. Um, if we can improve the workforce experience, um, our, our hypothesis is that the workforce today it, it will provide more considerate, uh, effective, and equitable care if we pay attention to the workforce and its well-being as well. And so, once again, a dimension of uh, the quadruple aim and how it might have an impact on health equity. So I just have one more question for you today, Cater. Uh, what is it going to take for the healthcare industry to switch from the quadruple aim and embrace the quintuple aim? Well, for one thing, I think it's already happened. Maybe not exactly in, you know, may, they may not call it the quintuple aim yet, but uh, I see it happening already. I see more and more health systems uh, today committing to health equity alongside of pre-existing commitments to workforce well-being and to the triple aim, and so it's not surprising to me. Uh, I, what I would say in answer to your question is that it's already happening. We have over a hundred health systems now that have committed as part of a new coalition that we're putting together that's working on health equity. We have over a hundred health systems that have made commitments to health equity alongside of their pre-existing commitments to the triple aim and to workforce well-being. Um, what will take to accelerate that movement? I think it will take an ongoing data transformation. Uh, this is the HIMSS cast, of course, so we, we, we should talk about technology and infrastructure changes. And my sense is that we need the data to allow for the kind of real-time stratification of health, uh, health outcome measures and, and quality measurement to allow that to happen and to allow that stratification by race, ethnicity, language, uh, geography, immigration status, and a variety of other dimensions uh, to allow that to take place in a, in a, in a near to real-time manner takes technology and data uh, upgrades and infrastructure support. Um, beyond those kinds of pre-requirements, I think it's going to take will. It's mostly a question of whether health systems have the will uh, to commit to improving equity. I think the arguments are there for, for, for a business case for equity. I think the argument is there actually for a workforce case for equity. Uh, when we get to work on equity as a workforce, we get to solve the social problems that our patients experience. And that is energizing uh, to the workforce and is an incredibly effective way at reducing burnout and uh, the moral injury that contributes to turnover. Well, that was great. Um, that was very informative, and I'm sure our listeners are very thankful. Um, that is today's IMSCAST podcast. I'd like to thank our excellent guest, Dr. Kader Mate, President and CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. Thank you, Kader. Thank you for having me. And to all of our IMSCAST listeners, stay tuned. Another podcast will be coming soon.